As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, friends. I'm so excited to tell you about this wonderful product that I've recently discovered. Companies offer to send me products for free to try it out. And I'm always a little resistant because I don't want to take things that I don't need or want. But when Canuda reached out to me, I was intrigued because they were offering me a pillow that had been researched and designed ergonomically by no other than a physical therapist. Woohoo! It has been tested and proven for over 10 years and already loved by more than 2 million customers worldwide. Well, you can add me to that 2 million. I love it. It is the first ever pillow to incorporate physical therapy techniques like cranial sacral, where it relieves neck pain and induces a proper sleep position. You can lie on your back or side. I usually end up on my side and I still wake up feeling great because this quality memory foam supports my skull and the cervical spine. So you don't wake up with those cricks in your neck. I, like so many of you, have struggled to find that perfect pillow that really supports me in different positions. And this is it. You've got to try it. If you've tried to arrange your products in the past and nothing has seemed to work, try Canuda. And we have a discount. So go to the show notes to get a coupon and get that discount at canudausa.com. I'm in love with this pillow and I can't wait for you to try it. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through smarter and safer movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Welcome to Wednesday Q&A, where you all ask the questions and we answer. I am joined by my co-host, Kristen Williams, physical therapist and senior lit teacher extraordinaire. Bless buddy. Hello, Hello. Hi, everyone. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. So you've got a question to start us off. Yes, I do. So this person wishes to stay anonymous, and she sent this in to our um, our lit 
support says, I've got a question for the Wednesday Q&A. For some context, I've struggled with health issues and chronic pain my whole life. I've seen countless doctors and been in, in and out of physical therapy for a few years now, and I'm reaching a point now that I'm feeling a little hopeless about getting better. I have a disease called POTS, among others. And so for people who don't know, POTS is postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome that causes me many awful symptoms, namely chronic uh, fainting episodes and pre-fainting symptoms, as well as exercise intolerance. I've tried to start exercising many times, but it just ends up making me sicker and giving me more pain. My question is, how does one go about beginning exercise when they suffer from exercise intolerance slash severe deconditioning and fainting? I've been told by many to start yoga, but inversions make me faint and I get crazy headaches from the blood rush to my head. So that's a lot. Mm -hmm. That's a lot to deal with, not only physically, but also, I think, the emotional strain of that, where she's talking about the fear, the fear of fainting, the fear of the pre-fainting, the fear of pain. This is chronic. So you have all of that on top of her POTS, her POTS. So what do you think about that, Laura? Where would you start with someone if they came to you with this very, very significant, let's just call it a situation for lack of a better term. Yeah. Well, what has been, I mean, we, we read up on this and, and, and exercise is highly recommended. So it's kind of like you're recommended to do this thing that you might actually have some fear around. And for our classes, there's a real simple answer. And that's start, start at the beginning with the reset, which is all grounded stuff, which is all foundational, which is all building these based on these developmental patterns that are hardwired in the brain and that in doing that you will develop core integration you will be getting a lot of feedback from the ground into your joints and you can monitor yourself more because you're you're not going to kind of faint or pass out you've got you're on the ground so it's safer and 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 in that you're going to help your nervous system because I'm sure when there is fear of, even if it's not passing out, even if it's just getting a big headache, there's, you're, you're going to have some anxiety about that. So it'll be good for your nervous system to literally get grounded, to feel um, comfortable on the floor and get stronger. You can start to build your capacity for your core strength, for your, for better breathing. We do, you know, all that stuff that we do in the reset is to really enhance those properties, which are there, they're going to be the support network, the breath and your core strength for helping that wiring in the brain. And you can do things where you start a little inversion, but it won't be anything massive, like in the form of a dolphin. And you can start by going up and really focusing on your breath, noticing how it feels in terms of blood pressure in your head, but trying to use your core more because a lot of times, yes, your head is going to get blood to it, but it'll get blood to it when it's just hanging. If it's being supported with the counter action of the core in inverting you, you really don't get that massive blood stuff. I mean, you're still going to get blood there, but it's that your core is working, your muscles are working, your blood is circulating. When do you feel like you've got blood rushing to your head when you hang your head over the bed and there's nothing going on? 
But when you have muscles working, that blood is circulating in multiple places and not just going into the head. And so that's really important. The core work will help that feeling of lightness, fainting, headaches, because the blood's circulating in the core of your body. And that's a really important feature. And then go slow from there. You could even start doing sun salutation ones, spending a little less time in down dog at first, engaging the core tremendously. That's what I would say. What would you add? I agree completely. You know, that's what I love about our reset is that it does start in, I mean, perfect for her. I, I, I have, I am someone who has struggled my whole life with a with an orthostatic hypotension, you know, very different. I don't get the tachycardic symptoms, but where, and I don't know when it's going to hit, it'll be random. I'll, I'll go sit to, I'll stand up or I'll come up from a supine position and I'll, I will black out. I've never, I've only fainted once, but um, my vision will go away and it's very, it's very scary. Um, And I just sit there and I wait for it to come. It's, It's almost like a black curtain comes from the side and then the black curtain opens back up. And so it never happens when I'm lying down. Um, so th- what I love about the reset is it'll start there and working, like Laura said, the core. You know, when we think about our venous system, now our arterial system, there's there are muscles in our arteries that pump blood away. We don't have that in our veins. So using the muscles, that's why they recommend exercise. She's in this unfortunate, nebulous, almost uh, purgatory of exercise intolerance when she knows she needs to exercise. And if I had to guess, it's because traditional exercise and especially traditional yoga or even a yoga class is not the place for her. She she would benefit from private sessions where it is one-on-one, someone knowing her symptoms, knowing her um, really closely monitoring, knowing what she has going on, where we're starting in those non-provocative positions and working the core. She probably has no idea how to connect to her core. Similar to people after they have babies or after they've had uh, any type of surgery, you get this kind of dysfunction, this disconnect from the brain to whatever body part. And just teaching her how to connect to her core, number one, will help, I think, with stress, with the sympathetic, parasympathetic you know, because this can be a hyperactive sympathetic nervous system. So we use that breath work, that core work to tap in to her parasympathetic, to help her body regulate what it is having or cannot do on its own. And then being very methodical. Let's build it here. Let's build it in quadruped. Let's maybe try a dolphin or a down dog where we are really close to the, and we can come right out of it. Because she talks about these pre-fainting. I could feel when it was coming. And if I fit, then I would, for me, I would just do the old passive, drop my head and be like, okay, good. <laughs> Otherwise, yeah. it, you know, you're at the, at the will of your blood pressure. And so you just got to wait for that blood to get back up to the brain. And so hers is coupled with headaches. So I would look at other things, musculoskeletal, you know, what is her body like right now? From all of this stress, it is probably, she's in a probably very protective, you know, posturing. Can we open up that, which is going to open up just the ability of the body to pump blood and receive blood. So I would start reset. Like you said, I would start with privates, not in a, in a group setting. I would start Mm -hmm. very slow with that sun one, like you say, and that even sun one might be not till the fourth or fifth private session. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hour. 
Yeah. And slowly build up because giving her that little bit of control back in her life. And, you know, I would, I would, I know would help. And I hope we would be able to empower her that way with something that was very structured and just, I don't want to call it intelligent, but that there's a plan that's intentional. It's intentional and it's empowering because, you know, when you get a quote, diagnosis, especially when it's dealing with some of this stuff, which is in your head and in your, your heart. I mean, these are two areas that we want to be functioning well and clear and not have to worry about. And so it it is really important to feel empowered and exercise clearly is going to benefit you. It's just, you need to do it with, yeah, I would recommend a private, you can go to the lit yoga page and look under of more and there will be private sessions and Kristen is on there and I'm on there. Um, and, but, but if it's not us book with somebody who really knows the body and knows, um, how to kind of take you along the pathway in a gentle, but strong way to empower you so that you're not fearful and that you're also working that balanced nervous system. Great question. Best of luck. Yeah. Best of luck, my dear. Tessa asks, I've been following you for a couple of years. I've found your Instagram post and your podcast so helpful. I wish I were closer to you. But here's my question. I was recently diagnosed with osteoporosis. I'm 47. Most of the information out there regarding osteoporosis and movement seems written very much for people older than me. Do you have ways of understanding the risk and suggesting movement for a reasonably healthy, healthy, mostly active person my age? Thank you osteoporosis. Well, the first thing I would ask, I would double check, is it osteoporosis or osteopenia? Because osteopenia is usually the first stage, but if you're at the stage of osteoporosis, that means that osteopenia is there's like more of a thinning and a weakening of the bones. Osteoporosis is there's a noticeable porous, you know, a quality to it where you're getting more of the degeneration to the bone, or like there's those those little holes that, that are, it's becoming more brittle. So I always want to preface this by saying, I highly recommend going to an integrative doctor because osteoporosis needs to be tackled in, in a multi-pronged approach. Nutrition and hormonal support are tremendously important. And I will be having my, by the time this airs, maybe, you know, she'll be out later, but um, I'm going to have my integrative doctor because she was the one that really opened my eyes about how important the supplementation and hormonal replacement is for bone health. We are basically losing bone starting in our early thirties. It's just like, we're losing it. It's, you know, we are, our bone density is decreasing. Now we can fight it along the way, because if you exercise, if you're weight bearing, if you're eating well, so you, again, it's multi-prong approach. Uh, so first with osteoporosis, absolutely go and check in. What are some other things you can do from the nutritional and hormonal support? Um, advice for like practicing yoga or other movement, you need to do weight bearing and more and more of the research is saying you need to do weight bearing. And then you need to, if you're at the osteoporotic stage, you need to add load. You need to add it. So I have a friend, I'll give you an example. She's 60. She was diagnosed with osteoporosis. I forgot what the stages are, but it was like the middle one that's moderate, not severe, but not good. 
right? And she was about 40. She was about your age when she was first diagnosed. It's in her family. She's a tiny little person. So when you have a tiny frame, tiny bones, you're more likely to have it. And it was looking really bad for her. She started doing CrossFit with a really good CrossFit team because they're, you know, CrossFit has uh, great things about it, but you want to have a good coach. She's now 60 and she has like basically just reversed it. So she, as a little person with a major history, genetic predisposition, had to do something more. She really had to add load. She's like picking up, you know, 60 pounds over her head in one of those snatch things. She's doing pull-ups. She's doing handstands. She does push-ups. So some of the stuff we do in lit, she's doing, but she had to add more. So, and she loves that. So I would add, like, she knew that she needed to do that. And then she came to love it. But say you are somebody who are like, I'm not going to be able to commit because I don't like that stuff. Try and add maybe some weights in your yoga routine. So we do have um, one of our instructors on lit, um, our, on our lit platform is 66. She doesn't look it, but she is really about, you know, fighting the, fighting the fight against osteoporosis. And she adds weights to some of her classes. Her name is Maria and she also has a chair class. So I'd say, yeah, you're young. You don't have to look at the, what they're giving, you know, frailer, older people for osteoporosis. The main thing is to, if you practice with us, you won't really have to worry about this because we don't go into deep flexion of the spine, deep thoracic rotation where you're leveraging your elbow into your thigh, like you wouldn't kind of a traditional way for seated twist and stuff. We don't do that. We do it from core strength. So you're, you should be fine with us, but you should always be aware of, of using your core and not levering with your arm for a thoracic rotation. In particular, that seems to be the place for osteoporosis caution. Would you like to add some more? No, I mean, I think that, you know, you're, spot on when you say you might need to do more, you know, lit, mm-hmm. lit is fabulous for the core, that, that proximal stability, the balance, which is so important with people who, who are osteoporotic They're where they're going to get hurt is if they fall. So, you mm-hmm. know, working on the balance, working on the stability, working on just the strength around the, the, the places where we get it. Mostly it's the hips and the spine. That's where it shows up. And so we are building strength in lit yoga around the spine and around the hips. So that's amazing. But you will need to cross train. And whether, mm-hmm. I, you know, I love that your friend did CrossFit and you pointed out it was with a good CrossFit coach because the last thing she needed to be doing was grabbing a 60 pound out of the, you know, I'm sure she started with no weight. No, and then, totally. Uh, they, and totally. she says, she yeah. said she's visited other places, other boxes or whatever, and they, they haven't been, to, but like her team is great. And, you know, I even think the guy has like extra training for um, working with people with, who have had bone density issues. So yeah, you, you have to load it, load. Yeah. So if you go that way, like Kristen's saying, load it gradually, everybody should load it gradually, but yes, for your soft tissues, for your bones, load gradually. Mm-hmm. Yep, and then couple it with lit. And, yeah. I, and I think you too could reverse, mm-hmm. you know, because while we're losing bones starting in our 30s, we also have the ability to remodel as well. Yeah. You know, we, 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 that's what's happening all the time. Our bones are resorbing and they're, 
remodeling. And what happens is that rate starts to switch where we resorb quicker than we remodel. But with that increased weight, increased um, force, it's just simple. Wolf's law, I mean, it's the body's, it, it, it responds to stress and starts to rebuild, or you can switch that, that shift where you start to remodel quicker. So you're fighting the resorption. And in her case, turning it around just by the oh, body responding to the load. Yes, exactly. So definitely find what, what works for you and add load and do it with a very mindful uh, instructor who understands the demand that when you add load and you have levers, you know, really somebody that understands physics, me- mechanics of the body demands and all that stuff. And also look into the nutritional and hormonal support as well. All right. We have one more question. We have time for one more question. And I think what we will put in here is, this was cute. I am a 10 year old. Oh my God. I'm a 10 year old. Wait, I, no, it's not a 10 year old. Sorry. I was so, I was so cute. It was so cute. Sorry. Not as cute, but still we'll answer it. (laughs) I am a 10-year practicing yogi. Oh, I screenshotted that. I was so excited to talk about a 10-year-old. All right. I'm a 10-year practicing yogi, but my lower and middle back hurts consistently. Well, and this is Paplo Wag, who I do not know, but we want to help you. Paplo Wag. Okay. So you're not alone. If you were in my community and practicing with me for 10 years and said your lower back and middle back hurt consistently, I would be very sad because we don't hear that. And the reason we don't hear it is we're physical therapists, knowing what part of yoga is really beneficial and some parts are not. And that's just the truth. So first of all, you're not alone. I hear this all the time. I was just at a workshop. I heard many people saying, "My before I practiced this, I didn't realize that I was constantly in some degree of pain. I would be in pain the day after taking yoga. I would do some more yoga. It felt better when I was doing the yoga, felt okay. And then I'd wake up in pain again. It was just like a cycle. And your brain kind of knows like, well, I feel better when I'm doing yoga and I like it, but it doesn't recognize that the yoga could be really contributing to it. Now, I'm not going to make that assumption because there are so many other factors. Like, the, But what I would say is, when you go into yoga, and this is really the, the name of this podcast is called Redefining Yoga. It's not that yoga needs to be redefined. Yoga is wonderful. It's the way it's practiced needs to be redefined, which is paying attention to habitual patterns of movement, of breath, of behavior, of life, and saying, I want to, I want to do better. I want to optimize. I want to feel my best. I want to breathe my best. I want to be my best. I want to act my best. That's like really a practice of yoga. And some of the modern day practices, which is, is kind of, I, I'm, you tell me what to do and I do it. And it is a, almost a performance or a um, parroting. And there is your body will do and move the way it'll execute a movement to match what you're being told but you might not be doing it well, meaning you're going to, your body will figure out a way to do it. And if your back and middle back, if your low back and middle back are hurting you, the yoga is not helping that. It may not be causing it, 
But what I would like you to think about is how can yoga actually help you move better in life? How can you pay attention on the mat to how you're moving so your middle and lower back aren't hurting you? So the first thing I would tell you to do is go and take our foundational series on the Lit Daily, for real, because it'll teach you how to first rewire some of the movement patterns that might be causing this middle and lower back. And it might not be on the yoga mat only, but the yoga mat is just further exacerbating it. So for instance, if you're in a lunge and you're this big anjaneyasana, don't go and sink into your pelvis. Tighten up your, your um, think of a half kneel, like somebody's making a wedding proposal and get your spine long and your pelvis neutral. And it might not look like a traditional yoga lunge, but it is going to be way better for your lower and middle back because, and just take that idea and insert it everywhere. How can you hold, you know, this weekend I said, your spine is your lightsaber. And for the most part, we want to have that lightsaber, like lit up, balanced, strong. And then there are times we're going to move it purposefully, symmetrically, in a balanced way. But you want to support your back. And my gut is telling me if it's hurting consistently, it is not supported. And it's got to be supported from these core muscles that we were just talking about. A lot of people don't have that feeling of core muscles. So you're not alone. If you're not being taught how to engage and it's not sucking your belly in, it is holding yourself in space as you add gravitational demands, as you add multi-joint demands, as you add different planes, and then the complexity and if you can't hold your center as you add all these different changes, you need to, you know, dial it back and start. And that's what we do every time in our reset. We set you up to be able to hold yourself in space and, and be able to support your spine. So that's the, I could go on and on, but I'm not going to just go and try the foundational series because you're not alone, my dear. A lot of people who practice and unfortunately then end up quitting yoga because they love it, but it's hurting them. And it's not that the yoga is hurting them. It's that it's only exacerbating some of their natural, their habitual tendencies. I really, I don't want to bash yoga and say it hurts you. Some of it might, but in general, it's that you're just taking your habitual and not, and you're kind of not integrated core movement into your practice. You want to add anything onto that? Uh, yeah, I will add on the other thing that, um, what I love about lit and, why starting with that foundational practice is you've been doing yoga for 10 years and you've been in constant pain and it, it, it may be the yoga. It may not be, but what you probably aren't, haven't been doing is taking a good foundational practice off your mat. So I would look and see, okay, well, what are you doing throughout the day? And what lit teaches you is how to take the foundational principles of lit off your mat. And that's my favorite thing in the world that people will say to me, oh my gosh, Kristen, I was thinking about you when I was at work and I realized I was sitting like this or I was, you will, we keep telling you, we keep educating you about why we want to move. What I mean, you might not be moving enough when you're not on your mat. You might then go back into those habitual patterns. We educate you why that's important why you want to hold your lightsaber when you need it to be strong. And then also why you need to move into different planes of, of motion through that spine or through the hips 
uh, through the, the foot and ankle, you know, so what else is playing a role? Where is your head in space? And so the education that you get from lit is second to none. And that goes with you off the mat, which is probably, to be honest, if you're practicing a, a, a type of yoga that just exacerbates what you're doing off the mat, that's even worse. But mm-hmm. what you learn on the mat with lit yoga you take off the mat. It's what I love about it is that's what I do with my patients. They come in, I educate them on the table and I say, listen, you can't, you can come to me three times a week, but if you go right back and start doing what you normally do, it's not going to get better. This is now it's 10% what we do here. So 10% on the mat, 90% what you do off the mat or off the treatment table out of the clinic. And we educate you about that. And that's going to be the game changer for you because you're going to start recognizing those spaces in your life where you might be perpetuating the back and the upper back, the low back and the upper back pain. And then being, you'll have a big aha moment. That'll be the game changer. You could literally get rid of your pain in the shortest amount of time by learning the principles on the mat that you spend 10% of your time in and taking them off the mat where you spend 90% of your time and changing your life, changing your habits, building your capacity for moving well and then moving without pain. Amen. Woo! <laughs> yeah, we want to help you. We, nobody should be in pain for any amount of time, much less 10 years. So please, and feel free to follow up with a, a direct message to either one of us so that we can, you know, we can really help you. Poplawag, I don't know how to, that's, P-A-P-L-O-W-A-G. All right, another fun Wednesday. For all of you who are dying to ask us your questions, you can direct message us on Instagram, lara.hyman or kbwilliams99. And if you're not an Instagram person, that's okay too. Email them to support at lityoga.com because we'd love to see what in any way we can help you by answering your questions here. Thank you so much, my dear. Always a pleasure. I love you. I love you too. Thank you guys. Thanks everyone. We're pulling for you.